Kristen whispers sonnets. Join me for a sonnet bedtime treat. Hello. It is late and I'm in my bed and I hope you are in your bed because that is where we come together for Kristen Whispers Sonnets. It's better under sheets with um, something stuffed to hold on to because a lot of these have ended up being scary because I think that's something that I'm learning more and more is part of my personality is that I like horror and scary things and that's okay. Like I recently watched Midsummer and <laughs> and I really enjoyed it and and I, I had been terrified to watch it forever and I just gave into it and did it and I loved it. And that's kind of my relationship with horror. <laughs> so um anyway today though we are going to hear about a very special horrible man who fascinated me ever since I watched a documentary that um a, a true crime document documentary which we've talked about before I'm so into true crime and it exposes me to a lot of different things that I wouldn't necessarily have ever encountered including the slender man because I was not a person, I didn't even know who the Slender Man was when I watched the true crime documentary about the young women who um, had schizophrenia and they believed that the Slender Man was communicating with them and telling them to kill their friend. And, uh, and they actually did stab her. Thankfully, she lived. And for a lot of people, though, the Slender Man became associated with this stabbing as if their delusion of what they saw through mental illness was a reality. And a lot of parents didn't want their children watching Slender Man, which I can under, I mean, it is scary. And I, I do think to me, like, you know, you should be careful what children watch just because, you know, you don't want them to be too scared. But at the same time, you know, it was obviously not the fault of the person who drew the Slender Man that some children, you know, did a horrible thing who had untreated mental illness, severe mental illnesses. And so, you know, really, it, it it's a great documentary about mental illness and about, um, you know, how you have to face that. Like, I myself um, have you know, pretty bad depression and anxiety and only recently went on medication for that. And I come from a culture where, um, psychiatry was looked at as evil. And that was a a hard thing for me to, you know, even in the back of my mind, um, face that and go and do that. And I'm feeling so much better being on medication. So I'm very glad I did it. But I'm just saying, I do think that as many like horror movie premises as there there are out there in the world, sometimes it's like a, a social issue, like untre- untreated mental health issues that are scarier than maybe a, the horror that some writer or artist created. And um, in this case, I, I think it was. And I'm going to read you the, the poem that I wrote about this for a book called Mansion. 
that I did with Justin Karcher, and it was print, um, published by Dancing Girl Press. And if you want a copy of this book, I have a bunch, um, you know, that you can order from my website. And um, anyway, <laughs> but I, I'm going to read you Slender Secrets, and it's written from the point of view of the girls and what they believed they had to do. So <laughs> understand that and grip that teddy bear tight. I've got my unicorn. Here we go. Slender Secrets. He thinks I had a choice. This grandpa cop in hipster glasses, iron shirt, who writes my words like tendrils, mansion, doesn't stop to question that they might be true. First night, seduced at six into your sly service, the circles drawn on dolls you say are meant for me unless I listen. Go from nervous to abject fear by 12 years old. You send by then your pixie proxy, swimming pools with slender secrets, sharp sacrifice we surmise because we both see. Two tools will slice like air for you, a strawberry. You taught me that a knife is but a key. To kill a friend, not choice, necessity. So when I watched this true crime documentary, besides learning a lot about, you know, undiagnosed mental health problems, which was fascinating, um, I also was introduced to this character of the Slender Man, and it was the first time I didn't know anything of his backstory. I'd heard the name, but I, I didn't know anything about him, and I found him so compelling, just from a, a writer, you know, um, consumer of art <laughs> standpoint. It, he was such a cool character, and it totally fascinated me. And after watching those, I started writing um, Slender Man poetry, and I didn't... Um, I did it on my own for, you know, it was just something, you know, because there's still kind of a stigma, I think, you know, at least when I started doing it, you know, I felt like some people were like, oh, you know, that's, that's wrong or bad, but, um, because of, you know, the horrible crime, but, you know, to me, like I said, they're very, two di very different things, and, um, I just let myself be taken over by it from a writer's point of view and write some a whole lot of different iterations of Slender Man in different ways that I um, related to him. And so the next poem that I wrote that's in this book, it's called Slenderella, and it's obviously a mashup of Slender Man and Cinderella, and I really enjoyed writing that. Surveillance, stoic, single pane. Sister shadowed glass, wool drenched rain. Sharp shrill too svelte the two he spies. Drips raindrop tears, monsters eyelash, eyeless alibis. Sympathy, unfelt. Same scheme of screams, Two dreams to wander in, lackluster but double dividends. 
No abduction, mansion moans. Violins and daydreams, damsel he could not let go. Her shoddy shift, a soot smudged cheek. Basement eyes, she cannot blink. A biography, a fairy art. Relative enslavement. Dark iris echoes his geography. Her rib cage heart, her fingered gothic cello. He strums a strung out whisper. Slenderella. So <laughs> I always, you know, go to different places with these characters. Um, you know, I, I wrote a poem about um, my beast, you know, where I, you know, fell in love with or lust, I would say, with the beast from Beauty and the Beast. And <laughs> I have some Slender Man poems like that that are that are more um, kind of seductions. Um, but anyway, I was really lucky to do that book with Justin and all these different writers that also had their own fascinations with the Slender Man, and it was just a, a great experience. But I have a few more <laughs> that I wanted to read to you. And let's see. It's just fun to get carried away with these characters. And where did it go? Okay. This is called. I have too many computers and they're not communicating with each other. <laughs> or iPhone and my computer, which are supposed to communicate with each other, but they didn't. So I had to go looking on my computer. But I found it. Um, the next one is called. Spectre. And um, Spectre, I don't call, I don't ever use the word Slender Man or any kind of absolute reference, but it was definitely what I was thinking about when I wrote this poem because I live in the woods and Slender Man, um, you know, is associated with the woods and, and his mansion being um, deep in the woods. And so I've, um, I live much like in this poem, I live in a, a, a house in the woods that's very close to a neighborhood. So in a way, like I'm, I'm close enough, like I can take a walk out of my woods and I come into a, a much more, you know, normal neighborhood. And um, it, it feels kind of um, like a great metaphor of my life that, that I live like this because I feel like I'm close you know, to society, but I'm also off on my own. And I feel like that is kind of this, where the Slender Man lives. And, the, kind, you know, he's, he's coming back and forth from, you know, his woods to take people and bring them back, children mostly, and bring them back to the Slender Mansion. And so, anyway, I'm going to read you Spectre. Your life's a cottage, edge of woods, between trees, primeval, a neighborhood, a wave and windows, branches, needled pleas, serene suggestions, iridescent chemise, depraved telepathy through thick plate glass, black wool wanders towards inevitable trespass, an empty visage rains through pain, pulls your ghost from covers for dark games and grass. He waits a winter, then a touch, 
supine abduction, your eyelids sewn shut. A specter princess from a corpse he clutched, immortality without a cut. A hundred humans pound your blood-red door. No brick or body holds you anymore. I like that poem a lot. I just <laughs> feel like the um, foreboding and also just feeling like when I've lived here, sometimes I have a lot of windows and late at night I'll lie in bed and look out and see something and that's kind of inspired by this of, did I see the Slender Man? <laughs> you know, and um, all the thick plate glass imagery in that poem and now I'm going to be nervous tonight when I sleep. Okay, everybody, let's hug our stuffed animals again <laughs> for strength. We can do it. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to find, I'm getting like so brave at these podcasts that I'm like adding poems while I'm talking to you. I, wanted, I just remembered another one that I wanted to put in here. I wanted to read and I, I forgot to put it in here, so I'm searching for it. But I'm not sure if it's on my phone. Okay, let's see. But um, I don't. The Slender Man. Another thing that I really like about him um, is that he uh, has part of his legend is that he um, abducts sometimes children who are being abused and that was something when I was younger and I had a lot of problems in my life and being abused and I used to fantasize about being abducted by you know some altruistic you know character who would save me from this and actually the book I'm writing called um Crow Carriage that's actually a a subplot of that book too as a girl you know actually she finds someone to abduct her out of her situation it just in her situation it it's worse and she ends up actually learning that she's gonna have to not only save herself but save some other women that she put into danger only worrying about herself and so anyway <laughs> but I but that's something about the slender man that I think resonated with me from the beginning is that you know he did want to protect um, children in, at least in some iterations of the story. He wanted to protect children who had been abused, and, and that, I thought, was a beautiful thing. But um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead. I can't find the other poem I was going to read, but I'm going to read my last one. And it comes from a brand-new project that I'm working on. It's going to come out in August. That's really a dreamy and delicious project because it is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory poems and sonnets, all sonnets. But they are, um, they take it in different places. Like the, for example, in the one that I'm going to read, you're probably going, wait, was the Slender Man in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? And he wasn't. But he um, is in this iteration because I write poems that take some of these characters in different places. And since Augustus Gloop was a character who gets stretched out, he was a you know heavier boy who gets stretched out in a pipe. That um, 
and they and they make a big deal there's kind of a lot of body shaming about him and they make a big deal of his heaviness and his chain his physical transformation almost as if it's an you know automatic improvement and so I wanted to take it to kind of a darker place to, com- to comment on whether or not you know is that automatically an improvement because if you were stretched in a pipe and your brain would be stretched too. And one thing from reading a lot of true crime that they talk about serial killers and a lot of violent people have damaged um, prefrontal um, cortex in their brain. And I even sat, I was a court reporter for a time in my life. And when I was um, doing my first court reporting case, um, that I wrote a story about. Maybe I'll read it. Oh, my, see, now I'm going to have to do it next week. I'm going to have to read you this, this sto- actual prose story that I wrote, uh, a nonfiction story. Um, so look forward to that. <laughs> but it, um, I watched a case in which this boy was being retried, or man, young man, being retried for killing his girlfriend because he had a damaged um, pre- um, frontal cortex and if you damage that it, they say you know or there's a case to be made that you don't have impulse control as much as other people so that was his defense and in his case it didn't work um, he got the same jury outcome as he had in this first trial but I use that example um, to say that Augustus's prefrontal cortex got thinned out. And so not only is he thin, but he doesn't have impulse control and he's violent. And so he becomes the slender man <laughs> in the story. And cause, because I wanted to make a point that, you know, being slim, being thin is not, oh my gosh, my cat came up here and she's probably going to meow. I didn't know she could get back here. Anyway. Now I'm going to read the poem, though. (laughs) We'll see if she interrupts me. Pipe Dream He's changed, said Grandpa Joe, peering down through the glass wall of the elevator. He used to be fat. Now he's thin as straw. Grandpa Joe, on Augustus, after the pipe. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. All they saw, thin as straw, Augustus, who once was not. Boy almost boiled inside a chocolate pot. Consumed post-fudge room before the change. Chocolate liquefied pipe pressure made his brain strange. Thinned the prefrontal cortex along with his skin. Each broad bone inside of him lengthens gangly inhibits speech towards children limbs reach without a mouth that would beseech consent to follow in the woods. Evolution is not always good. Slender isn't innocent. Bespoke, costumed, starvation-mouthed, hearkens children to a black bark house. An appetite for evil is aroused. All right, well... I hope you have your stuffed animal with you. I'm going to hold Winnie up and see if it... Say hi, Winnie. Can you all hear him purring? Can you hear Winnie? Anyway, I always... Sometimes I call him a she. It's really bad. It's the cat thing, but that I always think of cats as female. It's, it's not good. But um, anyway, um, he is getting ready for us to go to bed. So I'm going to let you guys go.
but hold on to those stuffed animals and Wendy's trying to knock over my computer <laughs> so we better get out of here he thinks the slender man is coming and he wants me to be safe under the covers but just remember I'll always be here Monday nights to have a little scary or otherwise kind of story and I'm gonna say goodnight and here we go. Good night, everybody.